Hello, and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about the newest film from Pixar, and that is Onward, and I'm very happy to be joined by Pixar slash Disney slash animation correspondent Joe Morgan. Joe, what's up? How's it going, Josh? Good, and we are also reunited with Adam Wichtenstein, also a recurring guest, who joined Joe and I on the Toy Story 4 pod last summer. Adam, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Don't have the coronavirus yet. Yes, we're all safe from that at least, but I should I should note as a little bit of a housekeeping at the top of the podcast, I might have a podcast coming after this one on The Hunt, but after that, we're movie industry is kind of shutting down a little bit guys so uh it might just kind of turn into like a streaming uh streaming rewatchable type of podcast thing we're just gonna talk about old movies that my recurring guests like to talk about so y'all have that to say to look forward to but uh for now we still have onward to talk about and as i said it's the newest movie from pixar it it tells it is uh directed by dan scanlon and also written by dan scanlon and uh, jason Heatley and uh keith boonen uh but it's kind of a pretty personal story for dan scanlon that has to do with when he lost his father when he was younger because the movie follows two elves in this world that kind of just features different creatures and uh they're two elf brothers one named ian voiced by tom holland another one named barley voiced by chris pratt and he is chris pratt's character barley is very into role-playing and magic because they come from a world that used to be inhabited by lots and lots of magic which is slowly kind of dwindled but there's still a lot of uh games and lore that is kind of a throwback to those times and he is very invested in it uh ian not so much ian just turned 16 and their mom who's voiced by julia lee dreyfus uh gives them a gift that their dad left to give to both of them when both of the sons were 16 it turns out to be a wizard staff that with another little um gem 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 that yeah that they put at the that they uh put at the end of it and uh their dad has also left them kind of a spell that can give him the ability to return to their lives for 24 hours they try and resurrect him and they are not successful in doing so but they successfully resurrect the lower half of his body and Ian and Barley have to go on a journey to find another gem to be able to resurrect the rest of their father before this 24 hours runs out, and it tells the story of them trying to navigate this world and doing so. Uh, guys, I guess we're all for a start. Joe, we've uh, we kind of been eyeing this year all throughout last year, just knowing as we talked about all these Disney reboots and Toy Story 4 and Frozen 2 last year and all these just uh, continuations of other stories we've already seen before. We said, you know, Pixar, they're going to they're going to actually tell some um, unique original stories next year. We're going to see how that goes, and hopefully it's a massive success. And The coronavirus comp- complicates this situation a little bit because the movie didn't do so hot financially, but it's hard to know how much of that is blamed on the coronavirus and how much of it is because people just did not respond to this film all that passionately. Uh, but I think we can at least talk about the film on its merits and say if we thought this is a good start that Pixar should not be discouraged by. So, Joe, when you're going into one of these movies and you're just look- hoping they're going to start this really cool new trend of original storytelling, uh, what do you, what'd you think? Because, I mean, I think for one thing, I think it's a pretty probably a rich field for Pixar to mind to just do a movie about magic. I was like looking at the list of films before we got on here, and I'm like, yeah, they really haven't had a magic movie before. I mean, they might have some things like talking toys and things like that, but like as far as like a, you know actual magic, that's, it seems like Pixar is pretty creative, and they could kind of do something pretty unique with that. So what did you think of this uh, world that they created, and was this story something you ultimately connected with? Yeah, you know, I was really excited for this one because the only time they've ever really touched on magic or have sort of played with mythic folklore was with Brave, which 
is a movie that you know oh right that, is I, probably I, worth I, I was talking before we got on here about like how i might do some rewatches or, or not some rewatches or become a a completist of pixar with some i haven't seen i also haven't seen brave so that's why i made the uh, i guess a slightly inaccurate comment about no other magic so i guess that's another one i got to put on my list yeah like uh i'll say first of all like you know in a war like Pixar is like, you know, as many people would probably agree, is sort of a brand unto itself. And so like whenever you get a new original Pixar maybe, let alone a year or two, like it's usually a pretty um, exciting, cool thing. I think it's since 2015 that we've gotten um, a couple of original Pixars in a row. But yeah, like I feel like this one succeeds or maybe Brave, which won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature, uh, didn't so much as that this one specifically had a point of view in its approach to magic which uh something i really appreciated it was something you know we've been hearing about this movie for three or four years at this point and uh dan scanlon obviously uh brought a very personal story to it so um, which i think is probably the strongest part of the movie but um overall like when pixar takes like these big original swings like this it's like when i like them the most so regardless of the merit of this specific uh movie and how it compares to the different tiers of pixar quality and stuff like i really enjoyed just seeing them play around in an entirely new world for sure yeah adam i saw this movie with you i could kind of tell as we were watching it that i think you enjoyed it more than i did and i i definitely found stuff to enjoy in it but i think i maybe maybe more than more so or less so than other people that were there i i don't know i I might not have found it as funny at times i found some of the story uh a, a little uh a little slow at times in the middle. I may, may or may not have taken a very brief nap, uh, according to uh, Adam and Kayla. Uh, and I, and I was like, huh, you know, like I def. But at the same time, at the end, I, I did find that it really still mined some very emotionally rich ground, and I was somewhat moved, which I think is impressive if a movie can have you kind of like a little. Uh, disengage in the middle but still pull you back in like that but adam i think you really did enjoy this movie a lot and uh did you really connect with it oh yeah yeah i did and i I think i think when you have any kind of movie that's like a road movie where they're just like on a journey it can kind of start to drag um but i I mean personally i didn't think it really dragged at all and um having lost a parent a few years ago uh, this movie crushed me just crushed me uh almost from the start i literally looked over it at my fiance about five ten minutes and i was like "Uh uh-oh like yeah. this is gonna, it's gonna be bad. Did you know? Um, did you know? Did you know the plot going in? Not really. I vaguely knew that there were. I think from I think from like a trailer that like there was something about like bringing back their lost spot, like their deceased father. But like I, I guess I'd kind of forgotten that. I didn't really know much about it going in. Um, so yeah, like I said, I looked at my fiance. I was like, this is gonna be bad. Like, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I did. I did really enjoy it, and like I was. I mean, it was to use a extreme cliche. I laughed. I cried. Like sometimes within the span of about 30 seconds of each other. Like it just, yeah, I found it very moving uh, and just a very solid all around movie. Yeah. I, you know, there, there are some moments where like, I, I definitely did laugh too. Just others were like, and I should, I should also give the little disclaimer and I'm not going to tell this story on the podcast cause it's too long and really actually it is kind of interesting, but I, I was going through some personal stuff over the weekend involving my car and whether or not it was going to like, be, be, be stolen or vandalized or, uh, destroyed in a weird part of town. And that's why I'll, I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that and not go into any further detail. So my mind was a little bit elsewhere before I vented about this whole personal 
personal issue with my car going on at the end of the movie to Adam and Kayla. But I, I, I so maybe maybe my mind was a little elsewhere throughout. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say right up front, I'll be more than willing to give this movie another shot when I'm in a better headspace. Uh, but like at the same time, I was like, there were just some moments during it, and I, I guess I'll just get my negative thoughts out of the way so we can say happy things the rest of the time. But there's a moment in this movie where we, we learn that Ian, Ian Tom Holland's character early on is like a, I can't. One thing I couldn't get, a, couldn't really figure out, guys, if he was supposed to be the new kid in town because it seemed like they'd had like a bit of a history in that house and in that town to begin with and that they were kind of a known family but at the same time it was almost like he was the new kid in school and didn't know anyone or maybe he was just like made a conscious effort to go make more friends so it just seemed like he was the new person i don't know uh but i was i was a little confused as to exactly what his status was within the school we just know he didn't really have any friends and lack confidence but if we spent a really big chunk of this movie listening to ian talk about what he needs to do better in his personal life and then be like, oh, I need to do the same things to be a good wizard. And then just saying that over and over again and looking at the same list over and over again. And I think I just got a little tired of that. And here's, here's my vision for what I think this movie should have been. Because one of my favorite – actually, I think maybe my favorite scene in the movie is when they go to the Manicor's Tavern for the first point time. <laughs> and, and it's just like – I'm like, what is even going on here? Like, is this kind of funny when they just first walk in and it turns into be like a totally commercialized restaurant? But then you actually like – actually kind of get the uh you get, you get the idea that octavia spencer's character Corey is like actually was actually some kind of magical person that just like totally commercialized her past life and i'm like that's actually kind of interesting to me and she had, I, she had tax trouble she had tax trouble <laughs> yeah. and those are the kind of jokes i did like in this movie and i think what i would have liked maybe was like at the actual world that they were coming into because we don't get the full i we don't really learn the full extent of what their dad's life as a wizard was like and I would have liked it if all of the if they had to track down a bunch of people like Corey, and who all worked with their dad in a past life, what in, in like some secret society of wizards or something. I know I'm, I'm going a little off the reservation here, <laughs> but like I think it should have been a whole movie of like getting the gang back together montages where they have to go track down people that knew their dad, and they actually learn about their dad through that way, as opposed to ever actually getting to complete their dad's body. And that, and I think it, I would have liked to have just seen what it was like for these people that used to live in this other kind of world to then actually like what what kind of life they then like adjusted into and then kind of had to like transition into before they had to leave the wizarding life behind and then have these kids just all of a sudden have to like drag them back into it to then maybe beat some kind of bad guy at the end. That is maybe what I would have personally liked it to have been. And it just felt like it kind of dragged between like the manicore scene and then like the whole thing with the uh, the. The, the Raven's Point where they're having to walk across the big never-ending drop or whatever it was called. That was cool. But there was a lot of nothing between, like, the Manicore thing and then the final scene for me. But at the same time, I may or may not have fallen asleep when they took on the biker game. Was I don't know if that was a really cool scene or not because I woke up at the end of that. <laughs> but, uh, Joe, what, 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 what did you ultimately think about just – you said you kind of like seeing them create this world. What pockets of this world did you enjoy the most? Uh, no, like you, I, I enjoyed the Manicore scene a lot, and I think I really enjoyed Barley's whole reputation in the town as being – like this sacred protector of like the old ways and kind of being looked down. You know, it's, it's funny, like growing up in South Georgia, you would know people who would be like civil war reenactors and revolutionary war reenactors and, you know, like daughters of the American revolution type stuff. And, uh, the idea that like sort of this quest type, uh, magic uh, thing being like a historical thing that only crazies cling on to was a detail I enjoyed very much. And um, also a parting thought before we get too far away from your car. 
R.I.P. to Guinevere, who is <laughs> oh, a star yeah. in her own right. The galloping, the, the tire going flat. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but I like that you mentioned Barley, because that was, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about, was that it felt like it was like Chris Pratt going back to basics. And, uh, yeah. and, 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 and in like a really good way where it's like, I, I, I honestly cannot imagine anyone else voicing this character, which is a weird thing to say. Like, I mean, cause like, I mean, I guess, well, I don't know if it's a weird thing to say, cause there are plenty of iconic characters in animation that like we associate so closely with the voice, but it's like, I don't know who else could have played this role. And I thought it was, it was kind of cool that like in a movie that I otherwise like, there weren't that many characters that I really felt that connected to. It was kind of cool that like he totally like felt like he had complete control over that guy knew exactly what that guy was supposed to be because it feels like a chris pratt that we've seen before but just haven't seen in a while oh yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely he was like he was i should say he's pitch perfect in that role like exactly i can't imagine anyone else voicing him man child andy yeah. dwyer <laughs> yeah it's just, it's just if andy dwyer was like more into like fantasy land than like playing cops and robbers uh mm-hmm. and playing burt macklin um <laughs> But no, yeah, I I guess that was the thing is like, I mean, I, I've actually seen some critiques that thought that it should have like leaned more into the fantasy elements. And some people maybe did get annoyed that it was like a road trip all the way throughout. And they just wanted to like see more of that. And I mean, it does feel like for a good chunk of the movie, Ian is like trying to learn how to be a wizard. And he's like doing stuff like that. But maybe mm-hmm. it could have like maybe not been as grounded in like actually just like maybe the magic wasn't like hidden so much i don't know was that was that even something you were thinking about as you were watching it adam or were you just like no i'm I'm just here for the ride and i'm not really thinking too hard about like whether or not this world could be oriented a little differently yeah basically what you said i was just kind of on you know along for the ride i i wasn't sitting there you know thinking like wondering why they weren't going into more things i was just kind of enjoying it as it went and i think it's more a testament to the world that they created and what that world promised that people were upset there weren't more fantasy elements to it you know because that town that ian and barley live in with their mom is so much fun you know with like <laughs> the way new mushroom the, tin. <laughs> yes yes new mushroom tin. the the what medieval happened to old, happened to old mushroom of, tin. <laughs> onward, uh, onward. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. There we go. We have the onward cinematic universe. Backward. Back. Yeah, no, it's um there's there's actually like a I believe I saw like Disney merchandise advertising some sort of like board game that went with the movie today. Hmm. And I was kind of curious like, you know, uh what that would entail and what things that maybe didn't make the movie uh might have been included in there and stuff, but uh, yeah, I think people probably just fell in love with like this the sort of uh, suburbanization of uh, magic that uh, you've got to spend like maybe twenty minutes with, and then it was over. So, yeah, no, yeah, that I was guess. that was a really good, a really interesting dynamic. Like you know, with um, with the mom's boyfriend who's a centaur, and it's like, oh, he's oh we don't run, we don't run anymore. <laughs> I have a car for that. Why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I I really dug that guy. Like he was just it was just funny watching him just like move around in the world it was just a great animation creation i would say uh to have that guy just like in there with the rest of those ridiculous uh with those like it made the elves look so normal like the first time i saw a picture of their dad i was like wait is this like a human elf relationship and he's like no he's just a very humanistic looking elf and then you like have like those very human looking elves like next to like a centaur and it looked like oh it was it was just a very funny contrast and i i totally dug that shout out to uh uh it was mel rodriguez uh, playing colt and i laughed every time he came on screen um but yeah i I, I guess maybe the one thing i would say is like i mean it might it might have been cool just to like have that like i i guess i didn't get the best sense of like i guess people kind of knew about the magic but like 
I don't know if it was an open like secret, like if there were different people that or elves or creatures going around the town that just did magic casually. I didn't know if that was a thing or if this was supposed to be totally hidden and no one ever really talked about it at all because you, there are obviously a few characters there that are like kind of privy to it, but that's it. And I maybe would have wanted just a little more explanation of like where the world was at with it. It was clear that it was extinct compared to how it used to be, but it would have been kind of funny if, you know, maybe there were just like a few people around town that like still, uh, still preserve their mad powers and maybe use it every now and then. And people were somewhat vaguely aware of it. I don't know. I just, I, I wasn't totally clear on exactly what everyone else's attitude towards magic was or if they uh, were totally dismissive of it, if they knew it kind of existed. And it wasn't something I was, like, thinking about actively as I was watching the movie. I wasn't, oh, man, they haven't, like, properly set all the magic up. It, I, that was not a critique I had at all. But it was just would have been an interesting way to, like, maybe more fully fill out that world. And that was just, I don't know, it was just a thought I had. And seeing how people blend in in that society would have been kind of cool. As far as, like, the, I, I don't know, we'll, we'll, I don't know, yeah, we'll spoil this movie, screw it. I mean, look, it's, it's a Pixar movie. If people want to brave the coronavirus to go see it, they're going to. I don't think they're, uh, they, they know what it is. They're not listening to us for an ultimate recommendation on to see a Pixar movie. Pixar fans are Pixar fans. Uh, Put it on Disney Plus, you cowards. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, I mean, who knows, uh, maybe it'll get there a lot faster because of just... It's weird box office thing that's going on. I don't that, know. That that would I, you know I would I would respect the hell out of Disney if they were like okay well you know not like to not tonight but you know in a couple of weeks like hey a lot of people didn't get to see this because of coronavirus it's on Disney Plus now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean like if people are just like shut up in their homes like they could get so much use. I mean if they just like really loaded up the service with anything they possibly could, but uh, it would it would earn them so much goodwill. They're just like here you go, here's yeah. onward. Yeah, well, Adam, you talked about your personal connection to the material. Um, That notwithstanding, uh, or obviously you can't really separate that from this, but, I mean, what did you think of just how it kind of wrapped it up where it looks like it's going to be, like, a one thing, and then it all of a sudden really actually turns into even more of a movie between the two brothers than you previously realized, or maybe they just put put the rest of the movie in a different light for you. Did you like how it kind of pulled off that transition where Ian kind of has that realization about his relationship with Barley? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I really, I thought, I found that really, uh, I found the, I guess the emotional payoff worked. Like mm-hmm. it, yeah, it all, everything kind of felt like it clicked into, you know, just like it clicked into place for Ian, it kind of clicked into the place for the movie. And I, yeah, I just felt like it earned all the emotional, everything emotionally that it built up to, it was earned. Uh, and I just, yeah, like I said, a really solid emotional payoff yeah joe did you like how they executed that did you want to see the actual scene uh did you want to see the dad actually talk at the end or did you think it actually made sense how they uh pulled it off like that and did it from uh ian's perspective and have him made that sacrifice of sorts because i thought that was like a i don't know it was a pretty like dramatic and moving thing to do in a kid's movie and when we talk about these movies a lot we talk about are, they, are, are some of them even being made for kids or are they just being made for adults like us to talk about them even though we're not really kids anymore and I was like wow that's like a really mature decision this guy is making it's a really mature realization he's coming to uh, how did it work for you and do you think it also worked for do, would you expect it also worked on younger kids uh, you know like I think that's my favorite part of the movie from the moment Ian realizes the checklist is about Barley mm-hmm. and then him giving that opportunity to Barley and then watching Barley from afar I was incredibly incredibly moved by that and um it may not resonate in the same way for a child as it may for someone who's older but it kind of gives it rewatchability in that way and you know it's i found it very 
Uh, I found it very poetic and realistic. You know, I, I want to briefly bring up uh, Dan Scanlon's directed one other, one other maybe for Pixar, uh, Monsters University, which was right. the Monsters Incorporated prequel. And um, I feel like that movie also does a very fantastic job of kind of delivering a very realistic uh, message, which in short is like we all dream of doing something, but we may not necessarily get to do that thing, you know, mm-hmm. and this one kind of delivers a message of like, you know, there, there are always people that we love that we long to spend more time with and that that's not always possible, you know? And so we kind of have to, you know, find solace in our other loved ones in those situations. And, um, I think there's like a real emotional maturity to, um, both of those movies in the way that Scanlon directs it. And I honestly think that's his biggest strength as a filmmaker is like emotional payoff in that sense. And that, you know who the characters are and you know um, what sort of emotional battles they're fighting. And um, maybe there's a disconnect with the younger audience in that sense. Cause you know, I'm not a parent myself and being in, you know, in my late twenties, like it's not exactly something I can relate to anymore, but um, that's just something I really admire about his uh, filmmaking. And that's what really made onward for me. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't, I mean, we shouldn't underestimate, children you I mean they're not stupid you know? yeah. Like, 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 yeah most are not. <laughs> they understand like even if they don't even if they've never experienced you know the yeah. loss of a parent or anything like they they it's explained enough that it's like okay you know barley didn't get a chance to say goodbye to his father because he was too scared and he had a chance to now like I mean, you know, a, a child can understand that even if they don't have the emotional, I don't know, experience or, or capacity or yeah, yeah, they can understand that, you know? Yeah. The and they, are- yeah. They can understand what it means to have a sibling that like you do fun stuff with. And, uh, so I think that montage where he's like looking back on his life with Barley, I mean, I, th- I would, I would hope that like little kids would get something out of that. Cause I know, I, like I said, I was certainly pretty somewhat moved by it where I, I was a little numb to a good chunk of the middle part of that movie. So I, I just spoke to like Joe was saying how like it does have a good grasp of who its characters are, even if maybe it's just going to drag a little bit cause it is a road trip movie and it's hard to keep that forward momentum going in any kind of road trip movie. At the same time, I, I, I wasn't totally out on it. It didn't lose me, uh, and I was—I I don't know. I, I was—I was—I was. They brought me back in. If even if for like a stretch in the middle of that movie, I was like, "Oh man, I'm tired. I got a lot of stuff going on outside of the outside of this movie theater right now, and I'm just kind of thinking about that. I'm kind of just tired because I didn't sleep well the last couple of nights. And then all of a sudden, it was like, "Oh wow! Like they've totally got me back in the zone." And I think that's just like kind of the the power of Pixar, the care they put into their storytelling, and just like you know how even if you know not the movie's not going to be 100 percent executed, you know when you go to see one of these movies, like you're probably going to get a pretty emotional payoff at some point. And I think this is right there, right right up there with some of the best of them that you do have in any Pixar movie. It's just like I said, I maybe some of the rest of it just didn't work as well as like a Toy Story four does for me throughout. There's just, there's no shame in not being on the level of Toy Story four. It's just you know. As as fans of Pixar that want to see them like do more original ideas, I think I just would have liked this to have been a more fully formed idea. And I don't know, it just uh, it certainly has like it was certainly the bones of a really good idea that was still executed better than probably seventy five percent of animated movies. So I, I mean, I think it does deserve some credit for that. Uh, did any of you guys have any thoughts on any of the other um, 
supporting characters that kind of pop up throughout the movie because there are like a pretty there's a pretty big list of like other recognizable voices that chime in aside from like the main ones you know but like not for very long i think they wanted kind of credit for like having uh lena waste police officer be a be a lesbian but like it was like another thing where it's like one of these movies is like mentioning it for like two seconds and wants everyone to like pat him on the back i don't know about that but like it was there I kind of wanted to shout it out. I don't know if they deserve that much credit, but that's a thing that happened. You talked about Mel Rodriguez. Did, did it, were there any other like small character moments that jumped out to you, Mo? That were or jumped out to you, Joe, from other than like our two main characters? Um, I just love the dragon dog. It's really cute. Oh, that's, and, a, good, that's a great uh, point. As someone, I, <laughs> as someone who is the uh, who has a uh, a little uh, dachshund at home, you know, just the idea of a, a dog, uh, like a long wiggly dog that wiggles his butt and stuff when it's excited, like just made me think of my dog. So yeah, that thing, that Adam. That thing, <laughs> that thing reminded me a lot more of Melody than what I than what Absolutely. I than what I know of uh, Joe. Your dog's Maggie, right? Yeah, yeah. Maggie's yeah. To- Maggie's totally chill whenever uh, she pops up on the podcast. Uh, Melody, not so much. <laughs> Melody has no, Melody has no chill. No, no. But like the dog was a very funny, uh, a little funny thing to add on. It's like an easy laugh, but it worked on me. And uh, yeah, I don't know, guys. I feel like we like uh, fairly well covered it. I don't know what. The, I don't know if there's a ton else to say. I I, I don't know. Big picture, Joe. I mean. I, I, that was the other thing I want to talk to you guys about was like big picture Pixar because like we did have Toy Story 4 last year. All of us really loved that movie. But at the same time, we were ready for them to like do some new stuff. And again, they don't all have to be on the level of something like Inside Out. Like I think that's also maybe like a I – don't, I don't know if that's an unfair expectation or not. I mean apparently I mean, this wasn't any different than your average Pixar movie. Like they, It was in the works for six years. But I mean I, not, everything, not everything is going to be a grand slam. So I mean I just hope that like they – look at the coronavirus and be like, don't read too much into the box office and are pretty motivated to keep doing other stuff. And we still got soul coming later this year, which I didn't watch the full trailer for, which I guess dropped at some point in the last couple of days. But I don't know, Joe, where, where, what are you thinking about this like turn that they might do towards more original storytelling just this year? And do you think that this was a good step in that direction? And do you have any other thoughts just kind of looking ahead to the next couple of years of what Pixar might hold for us? Yeah, that's sort of the that's sort of the battle Pixar has to fight now. Is they've made so many great movies that anytime they take any sort of risk whatsoever, they're going to be judged against like those pillars that they've you know like Up and Wall-E and the Toy Story franchise and Inside Out and you know to a lesser extent like Coco and Monsters Incorporated. You know, but um, I'm very excited for Soul. And um, I guess one thing to be said for. Uh, their slate moving forward is that the director of soul and inside out and, um, uh, Pete doctor is now the creative head of the studio. So, um, I think that bodes well for, uh, original filmmaking there. Um, you're still going to obviously have your sequels because I mean, they are owned by Disney now. And, um, no matter what they say <laughs> about creative independence, there is probably going to be a mandate, but, um, all that said, uh, yeah, I, I think that we shouldn't lose hope. And if you like original movies from Pixar, uh, go see soul and, uh, go see this. If you're willing to leave the house. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully like, uh, we're all, <laughs> we're all squared on our, uh, our virus containment by the time soul comes out. Cause it looks really interesting. And I didn't, I've, I've forgotten that Pete doctor kind of got that promotion. So that does make me, uh, feel a little bit better going forward. Uh, Joe, uh, or Adam, are, 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 are you, are you ready for, uh, you know, uh, the third finding, finding Nemo, finding Dory, finding Albert movie, or are you excited? <laughs> or, or are you excited to like see, uh, other original Pixar movies? Do you have any desire for what kind of stories you want to see him tell next? Uh, both. I mean, I'm, ex- I mean, I'll go see 
anything in the Finding Nemo franchise. I'll go see anything if they make a Toy Story eight and a half. I'll go see it. Like to be clear, like, there's I, not there's not another Finding Nemo movie yet. But there I mean, might have been. You might, you might have, I didn't know if you were making that up. No, I would not. I would not be shocked at all. But I, I, I know that I know that kind of sounded realistic. So I want to make it clear. I wasn't like yeah. trying. I wasn't actually talking about something I, I knew. I knew <laughs> breaking it, breaking I knew, news on the pod. Yeah, I, I mean, if you, if someone from Pixar wants to come break news here, they're more than welcome. Yeah. But I I, I, want, I want to make it clear that wasn't actually a thing. It, even if it sounded like it might be a thing, but sorry, finish your answer. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll see pretty much anything Pixar puts out mm-hmm. with the exception of another Cars movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy they're making more original films. Uh, I'll go see all of them, especially, you know, assuming there's no virus related issues, yeah. but um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I would put this solidly like upper middle tier when it comes to Pixar, like not quite breaking into that upper echelon, but a really good all around movie. And, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm happy that they're doing original stuff again. Like, I mean, as much as I enjoyed a lot of the sequels to a lot of the movies, like, I'm always happy to see original stuff, you know, in the age of, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and stuff. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. I know you just shit on cars, but, you know, in six weeks when we haven't had a new movie release in, uh, in, like, in like a full month, uh, Joe and I might just do a podcast on the Cars trilogy. I don't know. Uh, it, 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 I might, I, I might, I might not, I, I might not, I might not have a choice. So that could be a, a thing that's happening here. Because like, I mean, I was originally gonna have Joe back in three weeks to talk about Mulan, and that's just not gonna happen now. So uh, I'm, exploring, I'm, I'm, exploring the depths of car can cars canon. I just can't believe neither one of you are excited for Cars Four Four Wheel Drive. Oh. I mean, I just am very upset. Cars, car, cars, Cars Four by Four. Oh my yes. God. There you go. I mean that, that's a great name. Speaking of, there was other sad news today. Uh, Fast Nine got or uh, F Nine got uh, postponed too, amongst several other movies. So uh, yeah, I don't know, guys. It's it's just a dark time. But uh, we're now at the part of the podcast where I normally tell people to plug things. And at this part of the podcast, Joe normally would say something about the Atlanta Braves. But like, who knows when? They, who knows when we're actually going to see them take the field anytime soon? So, Joe, if you want to take this time to plug something that you're watching elsewhere, because that's the other thing we do here besides talk about sports, because you know, people aren't going to be able to go out and see the movies. Do you have anything you've been watching lately on that's streamable that you'd recommend to folks out there? Or have you been too busy to watch anything? Well, um, I'll just plug, I'll plug the show that I work for. So, um, if you're listening to this podcast and you have anybody, have any children who are preschool age or maybe a little older than that, uh, there's a great show on Disney junior called puppy dog pals. I encourage you to watch it. Uh, season three currently airing and seasons one and two available on Disney plus. Ooh. Adam, anything you're watching lately you want to throw out there? I am watching Josh. You've heard me and Kayla talk about this probably more than you care. Um, but on Lifetime, the Lifetime Network has a quality, quality trash TV show called Married at First Sight. Oh. Um, the show is exactly what it sounds like. Basically, you know, five or ten people in total, five couples are matched by quote unquote expert matchmakers uh, and they meet for the first time at the altar. They get legally married oh. and they have oh. they have eight, they have eight weeks to decide whether or not they're going to stay married. It is a total disaster. Everyone on the show, almost to a man, is terrible. It's great. Oh, no. I, I, for, I forgot that that was your, your thing because I thought you were going to try and push Love is Blind on me, which I've had so many people no, trying I've, to do. I haven't watched that yet. And I'm just like, look, guys, I watch The Bachelor and listen to more Bachelor podcasts than I care to admit. <laughs> I can, I, I, I can, and, and I cannot allow myself to have something else that's trashy in my life. Like, I, 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 got, I got to put this podcast out and I got to watch, like, legit things for that. And I already put way too much time into The Bachelor. So I, I can see the appeal of something like that because, again, I, I watch The Bachelor. I can get why someone would like something of that genre. It's just I don't know if I have room in my life for more. But there 
there, there's Adam's recommendation for you on Love is Blind. I, no, Married at First Sight. I'm sorry. Excuse I'm sorry. Me. Married <laughs> at First Sight. Again, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I've, 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 I've had so many people, like I said, I've had so many people try and pitch me on Love is Blind. I do not have a lot else to recommend at the moment. I, I will say, I think, because I haven't started the new season yet, I think the second episode is airing tonight and the first one aired last week, and I haven't watched the, fir- the season premiere yet. But watch better things on FX if you have the chance and can go on and watch it on, on like the first three seasons on demand or something like that. It's, it's Pamela Adlon's <laughs> semi-autobiographical show where, you know, she's just raising three daughters and trying to make it work as a working actress, and it's great. And the first two seasons might be weird watches because uh, Louis C.K. has a writing credit on every episode. And then he went away because he's not a good person. And uh, I was a little worried that on season three last year, it wouldn't be as good because he had been so heavily involved and it was still great. And I've heard this one's great and I want more people to watch it. So watch better things. And uh, yeah, it's just what my recommendation is. Uh, Coming up next on the podcast, we might have a podcast on The Hunt. Like I said earlier, if the movie theaters don't shut down before myself and our friend Josh Brown have a chance to see it because I've tentatively agreed to have him on for that and then after that we're starting to we're going to start doing flashback episodes so as usual i'm josh jernavoy j-o-s-h-j-u-r-n-o-v-o-i on twitter and letterbox and podcast twitter rewind movie pod podcast email the rewind movie pod at gmail.com if you have any feedback or you want to recommend a movie that we should talk about on like kind of a flashback episode as i start doing that just so I, the podcast doesn't die until the coronavirus is eradicated then send it my way and maybe we'll do an episode on it so everyone thanks for listening thanks again to joe and adam for joining me Uh, We'll see you next time.